0: Hey guys, welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klemzeski again with Tyler Weeb. We're going to chat about happiness. And uh, what, what I love about this, first of all, let me, let me do a little show and tell here, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So I, I just looked on my bookshelf, and and I, I see that first, w- when we talked about doctors Seligman and Peterson, here was a, a more recent book by Dr. Seligman talking about flourishing, which is another way of saying, of course, that we want to be happy, so, so we have The Happiness Advantage. I think this is the guy, maybe not the guy who created the uh, 10% happier. That may be a different guy. Uh, but another another book that I read a while ago, and then, of course, I got this because I think by now it's kind of become a cult, you know, the happiness industry. Everybody <laughs> just wants to be happy, happy, happy. And if you're not happy every second of the day, then your, your life is just pure shit. And then uh, one of the ones that I pulled off the shelf, uh, Daniel Gilbert, great psychologist from Harvard, very famous. People love him. It's very, very affable. And, and I thought, you know, here's, here's an actual marker. I, I often put bookmarks or sticky notes in books I've read to mark things that I want to go back and reference. And so I, I thought, I, I can't remember, you know, what, why I did that. So I opened this and it's, it's a part that, that says subjectivity. And he has this particular definition, subjectivity. The fact that experience is unobservable to everyone, but the person having it. And so what I want to talk about happiness is how do we even define it off camera? That's what you were laughing about. Like, what is happiness? How, you know, what is it? And, and Gilbert, one of his things is is really looking at that question and trying to answer it. You can't be happy until you answer that question. What is happiness? What will make me happy? And in this industry that we're in Tyler, I have a couple questions for you. Um, you as a competitor, you know, you, you started out as a teenager at some point, I want to be big and strong. I want to look like Conan the Barbarian or somebody was your influence. And, um, and so you went off into these endeavors to lift weights, to train, to become a bodybuilder, a competitor, now a coach. Let me ask you one part to this question, in your pursuit of aggressive training and a fitness lifestyle, does it still bring you joy? Are you happy that you did that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the definition of that happiness has evolved and changed over time, though, as I've gone through it. And I think everyone, uh, I mean, I am generalizing, but most people, most people I have talked to, they start with the idea of if I reach this physique, whatever, you know, whatever physique they have in their mind, then I will finally be happy. And that is a very common trope. And it's one that I try and break down and try and get away from with my clients because that was certainly my pursuit of happiness when I first started. And you start to realize over the years that you're always going to be chasing that happiness if that is your sole goal of, If I can look one way, I am finally going to be happy. I can tell you, you're never going to get there because your physique is never going to be good enough. Because guess what? You are going to get to that point where you've got this picture in your mind. You're going to get there and you're going to realize I can be even better. I can actually look even better and continue to improve And so this idea of a happiness tied up in a physique continues and always is going to be this elusive thing. And so I think the happiness, you know, has to come from your willingness to put in that dedication and that time in pursuit of the goal. It's that fulfillment of pursuit where that happiness starts to come from. And it's a very, I mean, it's a very hard thing to break down for a lot of people because we get so tied up in this and, you know, you go on social media and you see all these highlights of these, you know, beautiful people who look amazing and they look so happy and this and that. I can tell you those are probably some of the most unhappiest people you will ever meet in real life. I mean, you go to these shows, you hear stories, you hear just the rampant, like, divorce rate in this industry. And it's a bunch of people that look good who are clearly not happy with their lives and with the way that they look. And... Yeah. I think it's just something important to consider when you start on this pursuit of, you know, achieving a physique. It's yeah. Okay. We can be happy with the way we look, but we can't put our soul energy into that because you are just going to end up feeling empty. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I look distracted. You reminded me I have a cl- I have a model client in LA right now doing a photo shoot and some video and TV work and uh, his foot it, That's it, literally happening today. And uh, um, he hasn't he hasn't responded back yet. So we're good. But it's funny you said that because I have no doubt like he's going to be in front of the camera smiling. He's going to be doing all this stuff. He's a professional model. And it was months of misery to look the way he looks today. You know, it was it was all of that pain and, and stoicism to get to this point so that he can look happy for that photograph that then everybody else will judge his life by now. Now, oh, look at that guy. He's so happy. But, you know, my 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 second part of that question was internally, you have created this journey and it's it's very individual. you know for me to ask you that question, I expected the answer you gave me because I know you. I, I know it does. you know you, you're still in the in the fight and I put that in quotes because it's a it's a fight by choice and it's a fight for self-improvement and it's just part of your identity now. But on the client side, so you as Tyler Weeb, you're, you're happy. You still find joy in this. You've evolved and you've, you've redefined that terminology and the whole concept of happiness. But I wonder if your experience as a coach is the same as mine in that, I don't know where the line is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 50-50 just for the sake of an arbitrary number. 50% of my clients who are pursuing better health and physique sport and Competitive endeavors within this world. Fifty uh, percent are miserable, and they're just trying to fix themselves. They're unhappy. They have something in their in their past where you know this is this is too much a part of their identity. And then the other fifty percent, like you, are way happier. They're like, yeah, I got healthier. I feel better. I'm I'm more functional. I've I've done this. You know whether there was anything to quote win or not. And so going back to Dr. Gilbert, you know you can't be happy until you define what happiness is. And if, if anybody learns anything from me in the series of podcasts, whether whether this podcast dies after 10 episodes or a million, you will hear something from me many, many times. And it is that our contentment or our happiness is the distance between what you expect and what you get. And so you need to have the proper expectations and happiness in anything Is up and down every day. It's you know some days you're really happy with with you know raising kids. Some days you're super happy. Some days you're not very happy. And and yet yet on aggregate, you know they bring you joy. And if you can't say that about your pursuit, if it's just constant uh, turmoil and, and internal anguish, and as you said, Tyler, you're never quite getting there. And as soon as you think you've achieved a new level of something. Oh, there's still something I can fix. Sell something. I could be a little better. I, I still didn't win. I got third place. And so now I'm, now I'm awful. Uh, that that's the kind of person that I think this, this sport and, and this life is a horrible mix for, for that crowd.
1: Yeah. I, it's, I just kind of wrote something down here real quick as you were talking and it was something that just kind of popped into my mind. And I think it's something very hard for people to deviate and, and it's uh, in many areas of their life. And is it, is it something you're telling yourself you want and you wish you could want, or is it something that you truly want? And I think we're very good at tricking ourselves into telling ourselves, oh, I want this. When at the core of us, it's not actually with the energy that we want to bring. And, you know, that has certainly been part of my journey of competing. Okay. So I've competed twice now and I go continually back and forth of whether I ever want to compete again, because to me, it just, it, I I could care less like about stepping on stage and being judged how I look. Is it worth the sacrifice of six months of spending that time with friends, spending that time with my family and having to kind of go into this shell? And a lot of times if I'm being truthful with myself, it's that hasn't been worth it to me to go through that process because I don't put that much onus on how I look. I already know I look better than 90% of people out there with what I've done in my life. And that's not, you know, a brag thing. It's just, I have taken the time to devote to my physique. I think I look pretty damn good. I'm pretty happy. Could it be better? Yeah. But I wouldn't trade any of my experiences with friends, with family traveling to go hop on a stage and be really, really lean. Because the sacrifice just isn't worth it. It doesn't make me super, super happy. It doesn't add a whole lot to my life. Now, I still think that there are great things that, you know, one can learn about themselves in a prep. And I still think it can bring joy in certain senses. But I think really just diving into the core of yourself and separating the lies from the truth can be a massive uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, lesson of ourselves. I don't, I don't think that's the right word. I'm I'm blanking on it, but it can be a great way to kind of dive into and start to separate those two things of, you know, do I just wish I could do this or enjoy this, or do I truly want to do this?
0: So I I have a brand new client that I started working with and she is a kind of a, a true whole life transformation client. She's already lost a hundred pounds. She, she has a goal of losing about 50 or 60 more, and then she will be where she thinks she wants to be. And I had not heard her use this phrase before. It just wasn't even in our conversation. She said, do you think I can compete next year? And I'm like, you want to you compete? Like, new information. I didn't know this was even on the radar. And she said, yeah, but, you know, don't tell me that I'll get last place or that'll crush me. And I'm like, you're not going to like this sport. I said, I I have placed last at every new level of the sport. My very first contest in a novice class, last place. Worked, 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 worked. Finally won a novice class. Go to open, last place. Work, 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 work. Go to regional show, last place. Finally win there. Go to national shows, last place. My first pro show, New York City, the international championships, Uh, I'm backstage. You have people, just legends like Dave Gooden and Rob Hope taking off their sweats. And I looked at them and I didn't even want to go on stage. So my first pro show, last place. I finally, and I'm telling this to this client. And I said, I finally got to the place where like, my goal was always a game within the game. It's like, okay, I just want to beat somebody. I just want to at least feel like I belong to be a pro. And then I want to place mid pack. And I did. And then I wanted to place in the top five at a show. And I did. And I said, I... I kept increasing my contentment and happiness as a competitor because A, it has always been centered on just the experience. I started lifting weights when I was 11 years old. I retired 15 years ago. I still train every day and I still love it as much now as I did when I was 11 years old. My competitive career is now less years, fewer years than the rest on either end. And I said- I'm still doing what I love. The stage was never what fulfilled me, but it was was a nice competitive outlet. It was like, hey, let's, you know, that was my measurement of self-improvement. And I said, when I retired, I I had not won a pro show. And I know I could compete in every pro show from now until eternity, and I would never win. I don't have the genetics. That was never the goal. It was just always self-improvement and fun and challenge and, and the journey. And now, you know, oddly i've actually made a career of it it's you know i don't make money as a pro bodybuilder but but look what i do for other people including you my dear client <laughs> so if your first thought is can i compete if i get last place it'll crush me you're in the wrong place you will lose more than you win in yeah. this
1: sport <laughs> so be prepared to lose a lot. And then again, like we just keep kind of like, we kind of come back to it is people will step on stage so they can finally get that physique. Oh, you know, if I do this, I can finally be happy with my physique. And then they get on stage, then they're judged for their physique. They're already coming with like self-conscious issues. Then they're judged on it. And then they're told you are the worst looking person here what is that going to do to someone? And like their self-confidence and they are going to completely blank out on the journey and the experience and what they have gone through. Like, and this could be maybe a little, and that's why I'm just not a big fan of this stage at the moment as I feel that it's become this personality, this, this cult following and people put all of them self, like I'm not talking the physical self, but the self, and that's all that they are. I'm a competitor. And it's just like, why are we creating this whole personality on how we look? Like, how about we create a personality on how we treat people in other areas of our life? You know, there are just so many other experiences that can create happiness in our life that having a physique is just one of them. And that's something that has been super important to me is to find and experience happiness in multiple different ways. Because when it comes down to it, I've got my one life and I got to, you know, I don't have to, but I want to enjoy as as many experiences as, as I can. And if I'm going to put All of it into just one experience, you know, what is that going to do to me as a human being? Now, I'm not saying competitors are horrible people or, you know, anything like that. You know, they're boring or what have you. But just from my viewpoint, you know, I just really feel like it could use a little bit of a shakeup and we could start to maybe look at other areas in our life where we could pursue that happiness because. I mean, this just can create so many problems of body dysmorphia, eating disorders. I mean, prep is kind of an eating disorder, right? Like it, it is, and it can create even worse ones. And we've had people die all, like before they step on stage trying to attain this like physique. And it's just like, where is this coming from? Like, where are we You know, putting our happiness so much on how we look? And yeah, it's just- yeah, it's, it is a very interesting discussion in terms of, yeah, just where that happiness comes from. How do we separate that, you know, soul happiness from how we look? Because you're now you're talking about years and years and years of people telling themselves certain narratives as they have grown up, whatever they've gone through. And so much of that is around, you know, how we look. And so you're having to unpack all of these different aspects of someone to go, where is this core want of happiness coming from? And then that's something then you can start to springboard off of and go, okay, so maybe we were just telling ourselves and wishing it was a physique, but maybe it was something else.
0: So all of the notes I have, 90% of which we won't even get to, in the center, I have bracketed my theme sentence, which is, quote, what story are you telling yourself? And, and you almost verbatim said that a couple minutes ago. Great and, and, and imagine, because again, I mean, this can be a great thing, this pursuit, whether you compete or not or do anything or not with, with it externally, the pursuit can be fantastic. I, I have another couple of clients I worked with this morning. We're going out for a drink, you know, my wife and I and these two clients Friday night. And they've both lost 25 pounds. They're in their fifties. They've never felt better. They've never been healthier. They could not be happier. There's nothing to take away that as, as the quote goes, the, the, the you know comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's the way it goes. Um, so you're comparing yourself to somebody else. But imagine this other client I mentioned. Imagine she's lost 150 pounds. And yet she takes all that experience- does a physique sport contest, gets last place, and now feels like a loser. You just lost 150 pounds and you're going to put yourself in a position to feel bad. I mean, you need, I mean, you go ahead and compete. You can, but don't base your happiness about that placement. Base your happiness on the fact that you went through two years of work to get to the place where you could get on a stage and say, look what I've done. I don't care where you place. If you can't walk away happier than the moment you stepped on the stage, you shouldn't have done that. And and, and I will say this, you know, first of all, as a little bit of a. Um, you know, disclaimer, we should talk about the fact that biochemically things like serotonin, there are genetic reasons where, you know, some people struggle with true happiness and all of that That's not part of our scope of this conversation. This is, this is what we place where our values are, but, but I want to, I want to leave with this Tyler, and then I'll give you the last word to, to wrap us up. But this question, what does create happiness? It's been answered. It's called the Harvard Study. It's so seminal that it's simply called the Harvard Study. It was actually called the Harvard Study of Adult Development, but they started 75 years ago Hmm. with around 300 Harvard students. They followed them throughout their entire lives, and they, you know, they did all the big data analysis, and they. They you know, looked at, okay, if you marry the right person, does that make you happy? If you get this job or this occupation, does that make you happy? One of, one of the participants in the study was John F. Kennedy. And you know if you make enough money, does that make you happy? And even down to biologically, guess what they found? The number one thing that the only thing in your life of a homo sapien that can predict happiness is the quality of your deepest relationships, hmm. not what you weighed, not whether you ever want anything at all, not whether you pursued a life of some kind of aggressive fitness. It's just, did you have quality, deep relationships? People who have that, it even changed their biology, which we know, but it's just that it, you know it's that deeply ingrained in us that that we, we gain joy and happiness as a collective group together. And unfortunately, those who who get into aggressive physique sport or just athletic endeavors as a way to achieve something, and they think that achievement will make them happy, it's it's going to be empty. And you're gonna you're gonna unfortunately, like you said, you don't want to get to the end of your life and say, "Look, I put all these years into this, and what did it get me?" If it if it if I I, I have so many quality relationships, Tyler, you and I wouldn't have met if it wasn't for this sport. No. All of my greatest relationships that bring me happiness are because of this community. And if I didn't value that, if that's not where I knew my happiness came from and I thought it was just because, you know, of my existence in the sport, my, my attributions on a stage, I would be a mess. I mean, it's, it's the wrong place to go. And I'm, I'm just, you know, thrilled that we have people who have created studies like this to show us. That's, that's really cool. I I love
1: that. I, I don't know how I'm going to now wrap up after that, but you know, just you know, listening to you talk, and I think wrapping up the whole segment here kind of comes back to uh, Simon Sinek. What's your why? Like, what is your why? And I think anytime you are going to jump on a journey like this, you really have to ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this? Um, because that is going to determine your emotional outcome, right? Like you, if if your why is I just want to look good, probably not going to be too happy after you know you step off that stage, right? But if it's in that pursuit and that experience and the relationships like you just mentioned that you develop on the way, man, it can be the most fun, happiest thing that you've that you've ever done. So, yeah, I think in in one sentence, one question that can really just wrap up, you know, everything that we've talked about is, you know, what is your why?
0: Absolutely, man. All right. Well, thanks as always, Tyler and you guys watching, listening. Thanks so much. We will see you next time in the mind muscle connection.